So, um, so yeah. So if you've got something that you feel like God is is has spoken to you for you, um, God, I pray that you would you would seal that word, that encouragement, that that picture, that sensing, whatever it is, God, would it be like in Scripture, seed that falls into good soil? God, would that word, that picture, that encouragement um, into, into the hearts in which it was spoken take root and grow and produce an amazing harvest? God, would none of the cares of the world, the the um, the things that are going on around it would would none of those weeds grow up and choke it out, but would it thrive? Amen. And and so now, if you've got something that you feel like God may be saying, um, now's a great time to come up and share that with us. Um, I've had the um, privilege of working with Cowrie over the years um, in my trade, which is boat building. Um, and as time's gone on, um, I've used less and less of it. Um, I'm not into I'm into conservation, so I'm not into cutting down trees. It, um, you know, there have been stocks available, and uh, but it's a premier boat building timber. Anyway, the other day. I've been doing a repair on a yacht and uh, I was cutting into it because I'm um, I'm doing an extension on the transom and I was cutting into it and, and um, it happened to have some heart cowrie um, and as I cut into it this lovely aroma came out of the cowrie and I thought boy it's a while since I've smelt that and uh, but it's amazing you know I was thinking you know this that cowrie's come from a tree somewhere along the line there's been a tree that's been cut down and um, it could well have been quite a big um, specimen, and and that that lovely aroma was locked locked away, and uh, and then cutting into it, I created quite a bit of sawdust, and um, and the aroma came forth, you know, and it was wonderful. And I was, and I thought about it, and I thought, you know, there's that scripture, there's a few scriptures that um, talk about the aroma of Christ, and um, I think there's that scripture. It says, um, He leads us in triumphal procession, for we are led in triumphal procession in Christ, and through us He spreads. Was it through us he spreads the aroma of Christ? And so sometimes in our lives there's a little bit of a breaking down so that that lovely aroma can come forth. So um, that's the word that I've got. I saw a picture of a little kitty not just having learnt to take their first steps but when they're still really wobbly it's a new thing we don't have the skills yet and they were aiming for something and their dad was behind them on his knees great big bear hug type guy on his knees shuffling along behind arms out ready to catch but behind the kid and the kid is aiming for something and Dad's delighted at how well the child is doing. And then just as the kid stumbles, Dad leans in and wraps his arms around him, scoops him up, and delights in being with his child. Delights in the effort that the child has made to get to the new thing. 
but delights in being together with the child, even if they didn't make it. And I asked the Lord and I said, what is it? And he said, that's me and you. Not just me, but any of us. He delights in our effort, our working towards something. It doesn't matter if we don't attain it. It doesn't matter if we're not an expert at walking yet. It doesn't matter if we're not the best. It doesn't matter if we fall over. The sense of love in this dad behind the child. The child wasn't aware that dad was there. But he was there the whole time. His love was just pouring out on this kid. And then when it was needed, he scooped him up. And they just enjoyed being together. And that's him with us. It doesn't matter if you're managing to do what you're aiming for, even if it's something he's given you to do. It's your heart towards what you're trying to do. And you are his child. And he delights in you, no matter what. Morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, last week I had a picture um, of a jungle. And in that jungle, someone was walking into it but could not get out of that jungle. Then today as I was praying, I got the same jungle again. But this time there was like a light outside guiding that person to come out of the jungle. Um, and I've got the scripture here. Anyway, <laughs> he says this, that um, I have so many things to declare to you, but I cannot tell them to you now. I'll just paraphrase it. But he said, but I'll leave you a guide, a guide, the Holy Spirit. He's your helper, your comforter, your guide in the time of need, and you need him so much. There's so many voices speaking at this time. Just lean into, into him and he, he will guide you. You'll come out of this if you're like me. You're always in warfare, you're always in a place of war. He's there for you. He will guide you. Just listen to him. He'll guide you through it. Wonderful. All right. Anyone else? Cool. Oh. Um, just when I this morning when I was uh, reading out <coughs> Genogram, your family, and I don't know if if there's somebody here, but when I say that, it's like I ain't gonna go there. That is too hard. Um, leave that mat covered over the mess. I'm not going to visit it. Um, and I want to encourage you. Um, God is with you to go there and it will bring you great freedom. I'll just switch over to that one. Um, 
Oh, yeah. Do we give them one more? Oh. <laughs> Kia ora. Um, I'm Alana. Joe Um Yeah, just had a, had a picture of a baby in a mum's tummy and um, breasts. And, yeah, of just, just this sense of, of nurture. Um, yeah, and was asking God, like, what, is, what does this mean? Um, yeah, and just had this sense of that a mother's, a mother's love um, and nurture is, is so that we grow. And as a mother's nurture, a mother's heart is, is full embrace of where we are, as we are. Um, and it's so that we do not stay as we are as well. It's so that we grow. It's so that we um, move and grow and change. And yeah, just wanted to, just that song of, of, of love, deep love, and just this invitation into God's embrace and love. Um, and it's so that we do not stay as we are. It's so that we grow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, love the, love the growth. Um, Kia ora. Um, yeah, so perhaps an image for myself and perhaps an image for um, this community and congregation. Just got this beautiful picture of a fire and, and um, I was kind of exploring what, what, what that was and what that meant. Um, and standing next to that fire and I almost got the feeling as if the fire was kind of our own, like the, the roaring fire of our love or our relationship with, with God. And yeah, just the invitation or the challenge that um, yeah, God has these awesome logs that he'll come and chuck on the fire um, through intercession, through, um, through, through the way the Spirit works. And also, actually, just the, the challenge that we can't, like, there's, there's a need for um, us to tend to the fire, us to chuck on these, these logs, um, yeah, within, within a similar vein of the Spirit of growth and intent and tending this fire just the invitation that this fire isn't just meant to warm ourselves but we want it to be like roaring so that we can um provide heat and love for the people around us um so yeah how how are we doing that what are we doing about that um how are we tending to this fire how are we finding new logs how are we looking at this fire and saying hey maybe this wet log is kind of dampening it down let's put on something else and heat up the world Kia ora. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So, um, oh. why don't we stand? Now, I, I hate when people tell, tell me to do this sort of thing, so please disregard my invitation. But it is just that, an invitation. But I feel like maybe if you, if you want to, um, like could we maybe position our hands to, like to, to receive? So whatever that, whatever that looks like. And, and you can receive with your hands folded or behind your back or sitting down or whatever. I'm not... But, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you would you settle heavy on us right now? 
Holy Spirit, would you come and would you bring courage? Holy Spirit, would you come and bring healing? Would you set us free from the from the tyranny of being good all the time, having everything together? Would you set us free from viewing faith and relationship with you like a series of of checklists that we have to we have to check off before we can receive Holy Spirit would you come with your love and your forgiveness and your mercy and your grace God, right now for those people who are who are wrestling with the thought of, oh, was that word or picture for me? No, it probably wasn't or, or whatever and rationalizing it away as we so often do. God, would you just whisper, it's for you. That's yours. That's you. That's me for you. Amen. Wonderful. I've missed these times. I must be honest, I haven't missed what's about to come next. <laughs> Sermon writing has been a very difficult thing to get back into. Um, and I think I've written too much, but we'll see how we get on anyway. So welcome back. You know, last week for me as, as church around the table, if you weren't here, we had, had tables set up and, and all of the morning was referenced right around the table and, and eating together and sharing communion and sharing meal with one another. And it was, for me, just one of the, the greatest ways possible for us to get back into it. And I'd love for us to continue to sort of lean into what does church around the table look like? Not Not just tables in here, but your table at home. What does... What does church around your kitchen table, your dining room table look like? What, what amazing sort of moves of the Spirit does God want to do around your table? Who are the people in your, in your life, in your neighborhood, who, who have a place at your table? And so we, we started the year looking at radical ordinary hospitality, which is where this whole idea of table comes from, the, the pressing into the fact that G, if Jesus' mission was to bring in or usher in the kingdom of God and all of that looked like and all that that meant, um, if that was his, his mission, it looks like from Scripture, sorry, I'm going to have to, it looks like from Scripture that if that was his mission, his methodology was to do so kind of one meal at a time, one encounter around food or around a table at a time. That, that was one of those areas. And so that's how we, we started the year. And, and so then as we sort of were looking at the inevitability of coming back to 
gathering together you know the 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 dread thought within me okay well what next god you know like and i asked lots of people and who what what were they doing next and most of them were sort of looking for the same question from me and and it was sort of like as as we moved on it was more and more like oh god what what do you have what what are we going to do and and i thought oh well i could always do like i was so sick of the word covid-19 that i thought i don't want to do anything that has anything to do with covid-19 and then I thought, well, I could always do, you know, like uh, an apop- apocalyptic world-ending series. But, but then I thought, oh, well, I don't really believe that much anyway, so that probably wouldn't be a goer. And so as, as has been my custom, I had a, a wonderful opportunity, or a wonderful idea sort of come to me while I was in the shower a week or so ago. And it was this idea of prayer. And, and to be honest, um, the it was kind of like you know so so this morning and as the series has gone on it's about as much for me um as it is i hopefully for for everyone else so we will start this morning by looking in luke 5 so if you have a bible or a device with a bible on it i'm going to paraphrase we're going to jump through luke starting in verse 5 and 16 and i'm just going to jump through a few verses in luke And then we're going to finish, um, I think, with Luke 11. So verse Luke 5, uh, verse 16, it says, uh, The crowds of people came to hear Jesus. So this idea that, that Jesus was moving around, doing what he did, which is ushering in or announcing the kingdom of God. Lots of stuff going on, lots of people around him. And people were there to hear him. They were there to um, be healed of all manner of disease and sicknesses. And verse 16 says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and he prayed. Turn the page over to Luke 6, verse 12. One day after Jesus went up, one day after this, again, like the whole throughout going throughout his mission of ushering in the kingdom of people around you imagine the busyness the excitement of this rabbi who who they've heard so much about being there one day after Jesus went up onto a mountain and he prayed and he prayed to God all night turn a couple more pages to Luke 9:18 Jesus or swipe a few pages to 9:18 Jesus left the crowds again crowds all around what we would consider you know like a, a good day at the office he had lots of people listening lots of people being healed and set free and yet again Jesus left the crowds to go pray alone and then verse a little bit further down verses 9 um, or excuse me chapter 9 verse 28 and 29 eight days later Jesus took Peter John and James up into the mountain to pray And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became like dazzling white. I say all of this to reiterate the fact that prayer was the center point of Jesus' life. If Jesus had an iPhone, which I believe that's the phone of choice of of the Savior would be, um, just saying... But if Jesus had an iPhone and you were able to go into his calendar, on repeat throughout the calendar would be times of prayer. You know, it would be a repeat setting in his calendar. It was part of his daily routine. It's how he did life. And to me, 
it doesn't seem like you could disagree, but it seems almost like he enjoyed her. Doesn't it? Why would you leave the crowds? Surely there was a buzz around a crowds full of people being healed and set free. You know, anyone who, who speaks, we, you love to speak to a big crowd. You don't, you know, one-on-one's okay, but the bigger the crowd, the better you are, and you know, all that sort of stuff. It's a terrible thing. But anyway, um, but he leaves that, and he goes and prays, and it seems like he enjoys her. It doesn't seem to me that Jesus left all of that to go pray to appease any kind of guilt or, or kind of to try harder, to do better. It was something he seemed to love to do. To go off alone. One of those words in the Bible can be translated to, the mountain can be translated to the lonely place or a lonely place to be alone with his father. So for most of us, when I say prayer, that doesn't seem to be for most of us. Well, certainly for me, I might be speaking out of turn. That doesn't seem to be how I would describe my prayer life. Anyone else? How would you describe your prayer life? I've missed this interaction over the last however many weeks. So, so what, you know, one word, two words, call it out. What was that? Intermittent? Same. Inconsistent? Hit and miss? Hey, I got a theme. We got a theme going on. Oh, I knew it, Phil. It is, and that's, that's cool. Wonderful. Wonderful, Phil. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not at all. Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful. For me, um, Boring comes to mind. <laughs> you know, like, like, have you ever done this? Like, I've got a few stories. You know, a couple. One, one is like, have you ever like, I'm praying. This is it. You know, enough's enough. I'm praying, and you and you pray through the list for everything. You know, for world peace, for coronavirus, for everything, and you think, oh, it's got to have been 45 minutes at least, and it's two minutes. You know? Anyone else? I remember once being like so fervent. This was years and years and years ago. Which <laughs> and, and I was praying. It was something really big, and I wanted to pray. And so I went away to this retreat center, and I was, and I was fasting as well. That's how serious I was. This was a big deal. I was praying and fasting, and I went to these little cabins, and there was like a welcome basket. And I ate all the food in the welcome <laughs> basket, and I fell asleep. 
And like I woke up like horrified, drool, and to the, of the, the retreat leader knocking on the door to see if I was still, you know, like to say that they were closing up. It was so, it was terrible. Like, <laughs> so now's the moment where you, and you're leading the series on prayer. Cool. As Ethan was like, cool, cool. Um, you know, and I, I remember driving home from, from, that, from that amazing prayer and fasting time, just feeling like, oh, Lyndon, like seriously, what are you, oh. You know, so anyway. <laughs> you know, then we have for us, you know, prayer. I think prayer in this day and age is harder than ever. One of the reasons why I say that is, um, I don't even have it with me, Pick it up, show it. Of these things, aren't they a killer to prayer? I tried this the other day. Is sort of, and what I mean by that is our digital distraction. Like maybe ten years ago, was it when when we were waiting for a coffee, we would have to just stand there and wait. <laughs> Do you remember that? You know, like I know, I barely remember it because I'm not that old. But but like, do you ever remember like having when you were in the bank and you you looked at the person's head in front of you, the back of their head. Remember that? <laughs> and so what do we do now? We have the world at our fingertips. You know, those moments where maybe we would have had those, those brief moments in time throughout our day that we could connect with God, that we could sort of have, have just those, you know, two minutes of, of whatever, waiting for a coffee because, you know, it, they're taking a bit too long. We could, we could look around and pray and, and have some sort of thing as opposed to checking, you know, our social media or TikTok which is awful. I've just discovered and rejected all in the over lockdown period. But um, TikTok is, is amazing and awful all at the same level. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's why prayer is hard. I say all of this to say. Now there's another one. And we have more money than we've ever had. Let's face it. A good job, money, a great health system, and if even the luxury of health insurance is quicker and easier than prayer. Is it not? I'm, thro I'm throwing myself under the bus. The least you could do is come along with me. But isn't it? Doesn't, doesn't it? Like, has, doesn't that make it so much easier? I know for me it's when, when the money runs out or, the, or, the, you know, or the, um, the health insurance doesn't cover it or, the, or there's no treatment for the diagnosis. Man, then I lean in. The point of this is, you know, prayer for most of us, bar the odd exception, <laughs> prayer is a weak point in our apprenticeship with Jesus. Fair enough? Something that if we spend the next six weeks leaning into, we could come out better off at the end. Yes? <laughs> Wonderful. All right. And yet, Jesus' rhythm of life, the way he lived and the things he did, would say to us that prayer is just about the most important thing he or we could ever spend our time doing. And, and it's this idea of, and I'm going to, we're going to briefly, oh, I 
knew it was too much. Anyway, prayer, it's basically, we, and when we talk about prayer, we talk about um, kind of a bit like what we just did, in a way, was a wonderful example. It's about talking with God, not just talking to God. That's what I love so much about the practice that we do with our, with our listening time, is that idea of we worship and we give our worship to God, and then we make sure in the, in the context of conversation that we, send, we take time to listen as well, and that is prayer. It's, it's talking with God. It's doing life with God. The end goal of prayer is a deepening, strengthening, more loving relationship with God. And who doesn't want that? We have to, even with all of the obstacles, even with all of the, the difficulties and the distractions that we have in this age and this time, with, with the amount of money and the great health system and the insurance and the iPhones and the androids and whatever else it is, we still have to learn and lean into prayer. We have to master the art of prayer. We have to fine-tune and become masters of prayer, engage in the art and the beauty of prayer. And thankfully, I'm not the teacher. <laughs> so if you're in Luke, um, Luke 11, we're going to carry on there and, and just really look at this idea of Jesus. When we think of prayer, Jesus is the best teacher when it comes to prayer. And I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, um, starting in, in verse 1, 11, Luke 11, verse 1 to 4. One day Jesus, um, when Jesus was praying, when he had finished, one of the disciples asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. You know, this idea of this direct question to Jesus, Jesus teach us too. Isn't it amazing that the disciples, that's what they ask of Jesus? I don't know, I'd be tempted. Jesus, you know that thing with the dead bodies and then they weren't dead anymore? Teach us how to do that. <laughs> Jesus, teach us how to tell those amazing stories that, that start out seeming so innocent and then at the end they have a sting to it that causes everyone. Teach us how to do that. There we go. I had that written down too. Well done. I love it. The interaction. Yeah, Jesus teaches that wine trick. That's amazing. Save a fortune at the bottle store. But I believe this question was there because I think the disciples, in all of their stumblingness throughout the scriptures and throughout the gospels, they, they cottoned on to something that that all of the other stuff had a very direct relationship to those times that seemed to happen so often that Jesus would go off to a lonely place and pray. They recognize, as we hopefully can recognize, is there is something essential about prayer. And all of the other stuff, all of the activity of the kingdom comes from prayer comes from the lonely places, the quiet places between him and his father and us and our father. And so he says, 
Oh, man, five minutes. He says a lot in a really short amount of time. He says, when you pray, pray this. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. May, may your kingdom come. Come to us each day. Give us this, sorry, give us each day our daily bread. Forgive our sins, for we forgive also those who sin against us, and lead us not into temptation. Very familiar. And I just want to pull out four things in the next five minutes <laughs> that, that I'd love for us to look at. First of all, Father. We sang this song today. You're a good Father. I love the idea, the picture. It's just of, of seeing God as the, as the Father who runs to us, the kind of Father who, who leaves the 99 and goes out after the one. What Jesus is saying, what we can learn from when we think of prayer and we follow his model or his leading in prayer is first and foremost, we approach God as Father. And I know Trust me, I know that that is not easy for all of us. That, that for many of us, the idea of approaching God as Father is the source of great pain and, and a lot of heartache and a lot of struggle. That we have not, the, the picture and the experience of Father is not a good one. Can I, can I humbly and compassionately invite you to do the hard work, to, to face the painfulness that, that it will be, but it is so worth processing through maybe what your experience with your earthly father has been. And maybe that picture that Stephanie shared is for you in order that you can know God as a good father. It, it is the starting point of prayer. And, and, I, and I promise you, it will not be effort that isn't worth it. Our Father in heaven. You know, this idea of heaven, we think of heaven as what? Far away, way up there somewhere. It's so counterproductive to what, what a first century context of what Jesus was actually saying. If anything, it's the exact opposite. We think of heaven as a faraway place. We often pray to God as a, in a faraway place. We often, one of the struggles we have is prayer is just me, you know, verbalizing my shopping list to the sky. And yet what, what Jesus is saying, what he's trying to communicate to us is this idea of heaven is as close, it's like the heavenlies. We're praying to our Father, our good Father in heaven, which is as close as the air is to your skin right now. That's what Jesus is inviting us into. That's what he has to teach us about prayer. It's our Father, our good Father, our Father who runs to us, our Father who loves us, who cares for us, who has good intentions for us, and by the way, who is as close to us as the air is to our skin, who's inside our lungs, who's all around us at any given moment, at any time. That's how we pray. See, I haven't been able to get all loud and rary like that on my iPhone. So God is our Father. He's in heaven. He's close. 
He's as close as the air is to our skin. Number three, the primary goal of prayer is joyful, grateful, worshipful enjoyment of the Father's company. That's hallowed be thy name. Again, we hallowed holy. We think of holy, and, and it, is, it is, we think of holy as being like, if anything, it's kind of, oh, God, you're holy. That means I need to be afraid. And there is, there is a moral aspect to God's holiness, but there's something so much more. And I think the more is what Jesus is talking about. Hallowedness, holiness, it's talking about almost like an aesthetic dimension of who God is. And it is this, and I want to read it because I've sort of... There's a dimension of holiness that God is good and he's beautiful and he's true. There is a uniqueness about God. There is a specialness about God that there is nothing and no one that is parallel to who God is in all of the universe, in all of space, and in all of time. Hallowed be thy name. You're so good. You're so beautiful. And I can enjoy time with you. So, Father, good Father in, in heaven, so close. Hallowed, holy is your name. Beautiful are you. There's nothing else that is in, in dimension or close to who you are or what you're like. And finally, fourth is your prayers. And I'm going I'm to le- leave off the last bit, but... You, Our prayers, your prayers, really do make a difference. This, for me, is something I am going to nail into who I am, I think, till the day I take my last breath, is wrestling with the struggle, with the reality that that my prayers, your prayers, our prayers, really do make a difference. That thy kingdom come. And, and really a simple way of, of looking at that. And I think Jesus really did believe that when he prayed, some things happened. And if he didn't pray, some things wouldn't happen. I know it's, that's a bit deep and theological for our second Sunday back. But, but when we pray, some things happen. And when we don't pray, some things don't happen. I'd love for us at the end of, of this six weeks of, of us leaning into it that we grasp to a greater measure that when we pray, our prayers really do make a difference. They really can and do alter reality. I think it was Monday or Tuesday of sort of getting ready for this. I just wanted to share, um, I got a phone call from, from Sandra, Sandra Chapman Smith, and wanted to come around and, and see me. And, and as soon as I heard, I got a text actually, and I said, oh, I'm at the factory working. Come and see me. I was just sort of like, the, this idea of, of pray. And so I just wanted to share and obviously let you know that um, over lockdown, Alan Chapman-Smith has been um, diagnosed with cancer. He's got cancer of the esophagus. So looking at, at a, really, um, a really long, a pretty painful course of treatment and then, and then 
uh, a pretty significant surgery at the end of that. And it was, and it was at this moment that I was sort of writing that, that our prayers really can and will make a difference. And so I, I share that with you, that, that we, we lean in as a church family. And I know there are lots of opportunities to pray. Um, but but can, we, can we lean in to praying for Alan and, and for every other situation that, that we find ourselves in, truly knowing and believing that, one, God is a good father, that, that when we pray, that he has good intentions toward us and the things that we're praying for. That when we pray, we know that God isn't far off. He isn't like a, um, like a disinterested CEO that we're, we're having to kind of not wanting to bother or, or sort of having to grovel as we come into his office. He's like a father who runs to us. And that he's near to us, that he's, he's as close to us, he's as close to Alan, he's as close to Sandra, he's as close to you and, and all of the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves as the air is to our skin right now. And that as we pray, we can enjoy his company, we can know that he's a father who loves us. That our prayers can be times where, where we miraculously, like Phil, look forward to getting up in the middle of the night. I don't know if I've got the faith for that yet, but hey, I'll, I'll hang on to it. And, and I'm going to cut off, but we, we're done now. But, you know, as we go on, and maybe I'll pick it up next week, is, you know, there is space for our wants and needs. You know, that's how, because our, our Father is good. We, he goes on to say, you know, our daily bread, those things that we need and want. The worst thing that we can do is somehow think that there are things in, in our life, that a terrible dualism that God doesn't care about, you know, that we can't really bring to him because it's not spiritual enough. That's rubbish. But what we can do is we can approach God with our wants and our needs and our desires, but in a framework or in, in a context that we see in these first four verses, that God, we need you. Everything we have, everything that we want, everything that we desire, we need you, God. We can approach him with a dependency of knowing him as a good father. So that's the intro to prayer. Why don't we stand? That's not too bad. Five minutes over. You'll give me grace for that? Oh, there's a few. No one. Shoot. The coffee will still be hot, I promise. Father, I thank you for your invitation for us to lean into, again, being apprentices and followers of Jesus. God, I thank you that I know for me and for many others Prayer is, is, isn't necessarily something that, like I just described. Prayer can be one of those things that I should do. I need to do more of. I should be better at it. I ought to. And so, God, I pray over the next six weeks, God, over, over really the lifetime that we have placed out before us, you would continue to invite us into prayer as Jesus modeled. That we would, we would orientate ourselves toward you in the way that you are. You're a good father who's closer to us than the air it is to our skin. 
that you love us, that you have good intentions toward us. And would you remind us, would we not buy into the lie that our prayers don't really matter, that, that they are just words to the empty space? God, would you reveal to us the power of our prayers, the effect of our prayers, the change to reality that our prayers can bring? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Well, um, say hello. To, have I done everything? I just had a terrible thought that I missed something. No?